I'll start with the why because uh, purpose, like to me, is very important. And uh, I've always been someone who loved helping others since I was a kid. Um, and whenever like someone gets a gift or I help them do something, let's say when I was younger and even today, and if they're ecstatic about it, like their response is really fulfilling to me. So the coaching business world, why it was so appealing to me is because, you know, when you, when you get a chance to help people build their coaching empire, leave their job, you know, have their freedom lifestyle, you change their lives and they tell you all the time. And that to me is extremely fulfilling. Um, so <laughs> there are people that get in business for the money, but you know, as, as I do, that this is so not enough. Like if you're in it just for the money, then you will, your motivation will subside eventually. Or if there's a hurdle that comes, you won't, you won't want to go forward with it. But when it's purpose, when it's life mission, when it's because I want to be an agent of, an agent of change, to make this world a better place, then yeah, you do it. You continue and you keep going and you keep changing lives and you keep helping others. Heroes are an inspiring group of people. Every one of them from the larger than life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen, the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell. From the doctor saving lives at your local hospital, the war veteran down the street who risked his life for our freedom, to the police officers and the firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling. But there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur, the creator, the producer, the ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what? I can fix that. I can help people. I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world. Others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks on the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence so you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to The Hero Show. My name is Richard Matthews and today I have the pleasure of having on the line Fabienne Raphael. Is that, uh, is that, did I get that name right? Yay! Yes! <laughs> I did. I'm so excited. So you were telling me that's a, it's an old French name. Is that right? Yes. Um, no one is called Fabienne anymore. So that makes me even more unique. So you don't have to like fight to get your name on social media <laughs> channels. Not that much. Because <laughs> I know, like, I go and look at my name. It's like Richard Matthews, and there's, like, politicians that have that name. I'm pretty sure there's a serial killer that I have to compete oh with on gosh. Google. And I'm like, I have to compete for everything with my name. So, because it's really, it's really common. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, anyways, it's a pretty name. And where, where are you calling in from today? I'm calling in from uh, Montreal, Canada. Montreal. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. So Canada is definitely on our list of, of places to get to. I was telling you before we got on the show, my wife and I travel full time. And for our audience who's paying attention to our travels, we are in South Carolina right now, getting ready to go up to uh, Annapolis. We're going to go see the, the boat show coming up here this spring. That should be fun. Mm. Um, and so we, uh, we run this podcast from the road and that's uh, um, it's a lot of fun to, uh, to do that. So what I want to do real quick, Fabiana, is uh, is get in, introduce you to our audience for people who may not know who you are, and then we'll get in and start talking about your story. So for those of you who don't know Fabiana, she is the creator of The Dream Method, which um, is with her one-on-one -on -one coaching and the Coaching Elite Mastermind. You help high achievers monetize their knowledge, replace their income, fire their boss, and build a coaching and consulting business that they can be proud of. 
So with that sort of brief introduction, Fabian, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do, who you do it for, and why you do it for them? So I'll start with the why. I'll start with the why because uh, purpose, like to me, is very important. And uh, I've always been someone who loved helping others since I was a kid. Um, and whenever like someone gets a gift or I help them do something, let's say when I was younger and even today, and if they're ecstatic about it, like their response is really fulfilling to me. So the coaching business world, why it was so appealing to me is because, you know, when you, when you get a chance to help people build their coaching empire, leave their job, you know, have their freedom lifestyle, you change their lives and they tell you all the time. And that to me is extremely fulfilling. Um, so <laughs> there are people that get in business for the money, but you know, as, as I do that, this is so not enough. Like if you're in it just for the money, then you will, your motivation will subside eventually. Or if there's a hurdle that comes, you won't, you won't want to go forward with it. But when it's purpose, when it's life mission, when it's because I want to be an agent of an agent of change to make this world a better place, then yeah, you do it. You continue and you keep going and you keep changing lives and you keep helping others. So the people that I work with are mostly professionals and they've been in their job for like for 10, 15, 20 years. And all of a sudden in their thirties, forties, sometimes fifties, something hits them and they're like, wait a minute, like, is that how I want to live the rest of my life? And most yeah. of the time it's because they want to start their second chapter for themselves because they've always put everyone else before themselves. And they had that dream coaching, consulting business in the back of their mind, but they never just took action out of it. So when I start working with people, I'm working with people who are already ready. You know, they've been waiting for so yeah. long and they have a sense of urgency that they want to make it happen like yesterday. Um, so, but the thing is, it's so conflicting, the information online, because you, you never know like which information is true or not. So them going online and trying to find that person that will lead them to achieve that goal. Sometimes it's overwhelming to them. So what yeah. I do with them is actually, you know, streamline their plan and give them everything with my dream method for them to be able to have clients, you know, replace their income and eventually fire their boss and leave their job so they can live their purpose. Awesome. Yeah, it sounds uh, very similar to, uh, to what I do with people. We, we, we talk about building heroic brands, right? So help them do everything from, you know, getting their what getting their brand down, getting their products and services figured out, figuring out what their marketing plans are and actually putting it all together in in a uh, you know a useful way that can drive revenue. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like um, you know like my favorite part of that is the whole idea that you can you have a ripple effect on the world where like mm -hmm. when I help someone get where they're going, then what that impact stretches out into all the people that they're going to help. And does that that sounds like what the reason why you do that is because it has a massive ripple effect. As you, uh, as you build and help, help people do what you do. Yeah, absolutely. You got that right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's a fun business to be in. And, you know, it's, if you do it well, you can create, you can create a massive income, right? You can create, um, cre you can certainly surpass what you make at a, uh, at a, you know, regular nine to five job, um, especially if you have the skills and can deliver results for people mm -hmm. um, for, you know, whatever it is that you're, you're in in your space. And, you know, I know we, 
we've got had clients that have you know built multi-million dollar businesses in the coaching consulting space teaching people how to do cool things which is fun and you know there's definitely that monetary aspect but then you realize like there's the other side of that which is the how much impact it has on their clients as well mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and how much it changes their lives so um and i'm with you like that's that's the reason why you do it you do it for that that impact for that uh you know the lasting <laughs> the lasting change you make on the world yeah exactly exactly so when i'm not on this world anymore then people could still like take advantage of the impact that i had on others or on the future generations it's a legacy that you're leaving mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah big plan so, so how long how long have you been doing this work so it's been about six years. Six years? Yeah. Awesome. So my, my next question for you is then is, is basically how you got into this, right? So we have we talk all the time on the show about your origin story, right? And every good comic book hero has an origin story, right? It's the thing that made them into the hero they are today. And we want to know that story. Were you born a hero? You know, were you bit by a radioactive spider that made you want to get into coaching and consulting? Um, or, you know, were you in a job? Did you start in a job and eventually move to become an entrepreneur? Basically, we want to know how you got where you are. Okay. uh, So I I think I was born a hero, but I just wasn't aware of it. Um, and it's funny because, uh, I had a conversation with the mastermind group I'm in, uh, lately, and then we're talking about, um, you know, the amount of people, the revenue that business owners do and how like only 6% of businesses do over a hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, and then, uh, and That's then shocking. it's, it's really shocking. Um, and, and also the fact that, you know, um, a lot of people were talking about how it's challenging sometimes because the environment that they're in is not necessarily like the environment that lifts them up or, you know, like you lose friends along the way, you lose sometimes family members out of your circle because you realize that they are not on your side or uh, they are not uplifting you to get in business. And so, and then it hit me. I was like, oh my God, like since I was born, I was never average. Like I, I never did anything like as everyone else was doing it. Um, I was talented at many things and, and to me it was different. And at a certain point I thought it was not an advantage, right? Because you just want to fit in. You just want to do what everyone else wants to be doing. But then mm-hmm. like today, I strongly realized that it's uh it's, it's an advantage to be different, to be an agent of change, to be to be um, capable of impacting and influencing other people's lives. Um, so, so when I was younger, let's say um, I was kind, I was really shy. I was not like necessarily um, talking to a lot of people and all that stuff. And it led me like to be very different. And I was very talented at many things and I touched so many things, but what led me to the coaching business world, it's like, it's no straight line. Of course not. So it's like all over the place. <laughs> yeah. So I was, uh, I graduated as a physical therapist and, um, and I worked as an employee, as a physical therapist for, for a few years. And then not even three years so, after I so started, you, you tortured people for a living. <laughs> Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> but some <laughs> of them don't see it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I changed their lives for the better. They feel better Absolutely. after, you know? My um, my my brother had like three knee surgeries and he had to have a physical therapist to get his knee all fixed a, a whole bunch and I remember like physical therapists would come by and they you know, they do the thing like they got to 
they got to stretch the knee to make it work right. And it, he absolutely loves them because he can walk and run today because of it. But at the same time, it's very painful to go through. Yeah, some of that stuff. yeah. Some of this stuff is very painful, but it's totally worth it. Like when you know what the outcome can be, and some yeah. other times, like it's not all treatments that are that are painful because, like, if you're already ex in excruciating pain for ever, like for example, having a headache, well, you don't want mm -hmm. me to increase your headache if you come to for treatment. Um, anyways, so uh, so yeah, but just like after, I think it was two and a half years I was working as an employee uh, I had an opportunity to go play in Denmark um, team handball so I used to play team handball as an elite athlete and I was part of team Canada and then one of my dreams was to go play in Europe so uh, I got a chance like some coach called me and I was like oh my god like let me go there so two weeks after I I had that phone call I left like I left my job I, I took the plane and I flew to Denmark and and to me like when I rethink about that story it showed that um, I was not afraid to, uh, you know, to go into the unknown. So it's one of the skills that I had that I didn't know I had at the time. Because when I got there, of course, I had many challenges. I didn't know anyone. I didn't speak Danish, but I had to make my way. And I stayed there two years. And at the end, like I was able to have a conversation in Danish. Like I would, I would know like places in Copenhagen that the natives didn't know. Because, you know, I, I knew so much about, about the country, well, about that city and about the culture and, and way more than when I, when I started. And um, so, but, um, when I came back, it hit me that, uh, most of the people, they stay in their comfort zone because when I came back from that trip, I had the feeling that I had gone, like I had grown, I had become like a better version of myself And my friends were still complaining about the same stuff and having that same job and not happy about yeah, this. Yeah. And so it was like the first time that it hit me that, hey, this is a path that I chose. And maybe like, you know, my my environment needed to shift for me to be able to continue to grow. Um Eventually, I met my business and life partner, and then he was uh, he was in uh, in personal development already, and we decided to start a business together. And it was a healthcare agency because I was in the healthcare industry already. And so I resigned as a as an employee physical therapist, and I and I became a consultant. And then I had my agency, so I would uh, place um, other therapists in hospitals. I had that for a while until like the government decided not to give so much budget to agencies anymore. Um, within that time, I was passionate about home staging. I had a home staging business. Um, I pitched a, a very high um, TV a network for, for a show about decoration and it got approved. So I was on TV for one season with my, with my own show. It was amazing. Cool. Um, and then I don't know, along the way, like I went to that big conference about online marketing. And I was like, oh my, oh my God, like what is, first of all, I didn't even know about marketing all that time. Um, and then I was like, wow. And I started meeting like people that were doing coaching and I was like, wow, like this online stuff, it's no joke. Right. Um, yeah. so, so I learned, I learned a lot. Uh, I, I took a lot of, uh, you know, a trainings, online courses, hired a ton of coaches. And I was stuck in a while into the, you know, I, I need to know more zone before doing anything about it. Um, and then I, I had a podcast also. 
Um, but then eventually, like with having that podcast, meeting so many people online and, and knowing myself better, I realized that the coaching business world was really fitting with who I was and who I am and uh, that I enjoy the fact that I can work from home and that I can have clients like internationally and that I can make that change from from my office, like from my home office. It's, it's just amazing uh, the amount of impact that uh, that coaching can have. Of course, if you do the right thing because there are many coaches out there also that are you know promising you stuff but they don't deliver um but but like when it when it does happen like when when you treat your clients right and you're you're willing to go that extra mile and they they give it back to you like tenfolds because like they say oh my god without your help i would have would i would not have been there or you changed my life or i became such a better person because of your help whatever then of course it it just like it's it's the reason why I wake up every day. So so as you can see, like it was not like any straight line or anything. It was not like, oh, this is what I want to do, right? I touched so many things and I and I feel that this is what I can like all those things, all that experience I can bring back to the way I teach, the way I coach, and and with my personality. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like your your journey to this spot was sort of all over the place, everything from TV to physical therapy to running an agency, you've got all sorts of experience in this world. So my, my sort of my question for you is, do you feel like that journey, like where you were in all those different things brings a, a unique perspective to your ability to coach people and build their business? I feel that the common point in everything that I've done is the before after effect. So as a physical therapist, like when someone comes in and they're limping and then at the end of it, they are like, they can run, for example, then, you yeah. know, to me, it's, it's amazing. Like same thing with coaching. When the client comes, they don't know, they're overwhelmed. They don't know what to do next. They're, they don't have clients. And then if they finish working with me and you, it, I know that they're making a living with their coaching business, then you know, this is the before after effect. Um, same thing with the agency. I mean, it, w it was because there was a lack of professionals in, in our healthcare system and I was able to fill that gap. So, so it's like, I think that this is the common point uh, in each of those things that I've done. Home staging is like before you sell a home and after you like after you stage, well, you you put the the home into like the house into its full potential so it could attract the best buyers and the and the the sellers can have like the most money out of it. Um so yeah, I would say like the common thread here is the before after effect. I, I'm just yeah. like in love with the before after effect. <laughs> How you can you can uh um I my my fascination with marketing was sort of the same thing. Um, it came from, uh, um, so like my my whole formula, you have the dream formula, I call the formula in my business, it's called the digital alchemy formula. And I always like my, my superhero name for my business is, you know, for this whole podcast thing is the alchemist. Mm -hmm. And I always liked the, uh, I say uh, modern day marketing is like alchemy of old, because if you learn to master it, you can turn words into gold. Right. And and that's that, that's sort of the my fascination with marketing was this idea that you could take someone from where they are um, and you could help unlock their potential in life by putting the right words and the right sequence in front of them. Right. You can you know, you can you can actually change someone's life by the words you present to them. Yeah. Which is always it's, it's fascinating to me because that's what marketing is. Marketing is something, you know, you put basically you put words in front of someone, whether that's, you know, 
audio or video or actual like text words in front of someone and they consume those words and then their life changes, mm-hmm. right? And it's, they, they go from that before to the after, right? So you can, you can, um, you can make that change for someone. Um, and, you know, whether that's helping them, you know, buy a product that's going to change their lives or helping them get into a coaching relationship with you so you can help them get something going. It doesn't really matter what it is, but marketing is all about taking someone like, hey, they're over here and they have this problem. And if you can put the right words in front of them, you can take them over here where they have a solution and they're living in, you know, the promised land. And that's always, it's fascinated me to no end that you can actually positively impact people's lives that way. Um, on the same token, you can also negatively impact people's lives because, you know, you can persuade people negatively as well. So there's a lot of power that comes with that. You got to use it responsibly. But that that ability to impact someone else's lives um, has, has always been what's attracted me to this space. And it sounds like you have the same fascination. Mm-hmm. We have that in common, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we do run a similar business, so it doesn't it doesn't surprise me yeah. that uh, we have we have similar similar take on that. So, um, when when it com- comes to building all of this, right, and you've got to this point where you're you're running a successful uh, you know agency helping people build their businesses, um, I want to know what have you discovered as your superpower, right? So every iconic hero has a superpower. Mm-hmm. Right, whether that's a you know a fancy flying suit made by genius intellect, or the ability to call down thunder from the sky, um, or you know super strength. In the real world, heroes have what I call a zone of genius, right? And that's either a skill or it's a set of skills that you were born with or you developed over time that allow you to help your people slay their villains, mm-hmm. right, um, and come out on top in their own journeys. Um, and the way I like to look at it is like you know you already mentioned you've got a whole set of skills that you're really good at. But if you really look at it and, and, and break it down, you probably find that you have one skill that's the common thread, the one that like energizes and empowers everything else in your life. Um, and for me, that was always like, it took me a long time to figure this out, but like, I was really good at a lot of things. And I realized the reason I was good at a lot of things is because I'm really good at seeing the systems behind things. And so my, my superpower is in that system space. Mm-hmm. So with that sort of framing what do you think your superpower is in your business, that common thread that, you know, your zone of genius that helps you do what you do? Okay, so I have I have two. And I would say that they are like kind of like same level. Um, so the first one is, uh, is my capacity to connect with people. Um, and that I feel have, you know, I've I was already great at it, but I think over the years, like I got better, like even better at it because to me, like talking to a stranger is, is like, it's not a challenge. Um, listening and really getting like what the person is telling me, um, quickly is something that I can do like with ease. So I have this capacity to connect with people very easily. And when I ask my clients why they do business with me, most of the time, the first thing they reply is that is my personal attention, personal connection, and the fact that it's so easy. So whenever like we are in a context, let's say with my mastermind group, for example, like they always feel that it's a safe space for them to express whatever they feel like expressing and they feel that they won't be judged and they're here for growth. So that's one. And then the other one is simplicity. Um, I have the capacity to take complex and put it like into its, its simplest form. Um, and, and that really helps my clients again, because when they come in, they're kind of like, 
overwhelmed and maybe all over the place. Like they don't know where to focus their energy, attention or marketing or whatsoever. And I'm here just to clarify everything and make them like, you know, put it down to one maximum two things and they can focus on that one or two things. And then eventually if they put all their effort into that, of course, the, the result that they get out of it is way faster than if they had like 10 things to take care of. So I would say like yeah. capacity to connect and simplicity. So I find both of those really fascinating. I want to talk about the second one first, which is the, uh, the simplicity. And I, I, I love that because uh, my, my uh, metaphor for that is having the ability to put the cookies on the lower shelf. <laughs> right. So, you know, if, the, uh, if you imagine the uh, the kids in the uh, the kids in the, um, you know, in the kitchen trying to steal the cookies. Right. You have the ability to take the cookies from the top shelf where it's hard for them to get to and put them on the lower shelf so they can get the cookies. Right. Um, and, you know, that was, I always like that picture in my head of, of that, that ability to take something complex and make it simple. Um, and the, the, the reason you have a skill like that is because you have you have that ability to see the complex and see the structure behind what's complex and then show people the structure. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't have that vision, right? Where they, they see, um, they can see the complete product, but they can't see the component pieces of it. And it took me a long time to realize that like, that was, um, you know, one of the skills that I had, right. That's the whole being able to see the systems and see what's behind something. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of people don't have that. And you realize that like, that's actually a really rare skill to be able to look at something and not see the thing, but see the things that make it up, right? See the pieces of it, right? And that ability to see those pieces and then show someone else those pieces um, mm-hmm. and show them the building blocks that made up the the, the final product. And that's how you can get into it. Like coaches in, in particular tend to be really good in that space because they can see things that other people can't, right? They can see the structure of things and then teach other people those structures. And I can already tell just from like your, you have a dream method that you probably, you probably get into um, some of what I call like instructional design, where you talk about things, you know, you use things like linguistic repetition and you use, you probably use things like mnemonics to help people remember pieces of those structure. Is that, mm-hmm. does that sound probably accurate? Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, now and, you're psychic. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's just, it's, I can tell from the way that you talk and the way that you do those things that you probably, you know, when you understand how a system works and how to, how to make something simpler for someone, what you're looking at is you're looking at what those component pieces are and then how do you put those component pieces together in a way that someone else is going to remember them and human beings operate all the same way, right? It doesn't really matter, you know, what culture you are or what age you are, what gender you are, what your background looks like. Human beings are human beings and we sort of operate the same way. So if you're in that space where you're teaching people, you're putting cookies on the lower shelf for them, that's going to look very similar for you as it does for me and other people who do the same thing. And you're going to be looking at ways to take those steps and put them into, into mnemonics that help people remember them um, and really learn to step forward. And that's such a unique and powerful skill to have um, to help someone work through those. So my, my curiosity on that front is is sort of what, what has sort of been your, your favorite way to help people see the internal structures of their goals, right. Of where they're trying to get to. Hmm. Um, so you're, you're wondering like what my framework is or how I love to work like with how, people. So how, how do you, 
how do you, so not what your framework is, we can talk about that if we want, but I'm curious is, is how do you see the frameworks, right? How do you look at a goal for someone and then break it down so that someone can actually remember it? Like how do, how do you go, what does that process look like for you? Okay. So, well, most of the time, like whenever like someone starts working with me, like they have to go through a few exercises and one of them is actually, you know, um, stating their vision and their mission and their qualities and their wins. Like I make them really go into, um, all those things that they've done through all the, all their lives that were wins for them. And I really, it's funny because sometimes people are like came up with like five things. I'm like, it's impossible that you only have like five wins out of 35, 40 years of existence. Like you have way more than that. And then, you know, you can see like what the common thread is with their zone of genius, for example. Uh, right. So yeah, that and, common and, thread. and then, you know, making them talk and write about it a lot um, makes me able to see like what are the 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 key parts of what they want to accomplish and then take away like maybe the stuff that is not necessary and just like make it manageable for them um, to have like a clear idea of what there needs to be done for them to get to that goal um so it always starts with like a lot of conversations and a lot of exercises uh, because I feel like when they dump what they have in their minds or like without even thinking about it, just going freely on it, this is where you get the real stuff. And this is where you know, like why it's important for that person. And that's why I'm so picky about like with who I'm working with, because like that, that reason why you're doing it, it has to be deep. Um, it happened to me that I was on a, on a call with someone and I said, why, why do you want to have your, 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 your business? And then the person said, um, because I've always enjoyed luxury. And then I was like, well, why, why is luxury important for you? Oh, because I've always seen myself rich since I'm, you know, since I'm a kid. Um, so it was, it was, it was very hard to get to the, the, the core reason why the person wanted to do what they wanted to do. So basically like to, to me, it was, it was a red flag for the coaching because like when things get, get tough and you know that you have a business, yeah. um, it's not always going like the way that you want it to go. So when things get tough, you, you, you gotta have a reason that's deep and strong enough for you to keep going. Um, so yeah, yeah something so, you connect with emotionally and exactly, it's, exactly. you can't connect with money emotionally. Exactly. Yeah. Well, some people do, I guess, but, uh, but yeah. I mean, you know, like it's, it's not, it's not a strong connection. It's not one of those, it's not one of those things that you, uh, you have to have something that you'll cry, cry or die for. Exactly. So we, t right. we spoke so much about purpose, about like reason why about life mission. I mean, those are, those are the words that, uh, you know, that triggers, okay, like something's important to that person and, and they have a reason why they want to influence others with that, with that the gift that they have or that talent, whatever. Um, so yeah, so to me, that's very important, but to come back to your question, like really, it's really with like a lot of conversation, a lot of exercises, a lot of dumping ideas and, and seeing the common threads and, you know, streamlining something yeah. very personalized. So yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Cause it's like, it's that same process where you're getting everything out on the table and you're looking for 
those commonalities. You're looking for the structure in in their life. What are the things that are consistently getting them those wins? Because that's the uh, that's where their superpower lies. So you're like you're sort of uncovering their superpower for them in in you know the the brain dumps that they're doing with you. Um, mm-hmm. So you can see where their wins are, and it's like, hey, this is where your superpower and your unique perspective comes in, and this is where you can build a business to help other people in that space. But most of the time, they know where their zone of genius is, but they don't know like at what extent. Like it's so it's so great as a zone of genius because. Because people tend yeah. to underestimate, you know, their talent or what their gift is, and yeah. and so, like most of the time, they're like, "Well, I know I have this gift. I know I have this talent. I know I can give people results. I just don't know how to reach them, how to make money out of this." But like to them, it's so natural that they, yeah. they kind of like they look at it and they say, "Hey, that's that's it's easy for me, so it must be <laughs> easy for everyone else. So therefore, it's not uh, valuable." Exactly. <laughs> So I, I always like to tell people that, hey, anytime you say, hey, that was easy, that's a that's that's a, a trigger word to know that you're onto something that's valuable to other people. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so so the flip side of your superpower, right? So if your superpower is that ability to connect with people and the ability to, you know, put the cookies on the lower shelf, so to speak, that's your superpower. The flip side of that is your fatal flaw. Right. So just like every Superman has his kryptonite or every Wonder Woman has their bracelets of victory they can't remove without going mad, you probably have a flaw that's held you back in your business, right? Something that you have struggled with. For me, it was a couple of things. It was things like perfectionism that kept me from actually shipping product or shipping services. I, you know, because always another thing I could tweak before I bring it to the market. Um, and, you know, or lack of self-care, which early in my career made it so that I let my clients walk all over me, right? Because I didn't have good boundaries and other things set up. Um, but I think more important than what the flaw is, is how have you worked to overcome it? So our audience who's listening might learn a little bit from your experience there. So, so yeah, the, one of the flaws that I, well, the flaw, the biggest flaw that I had when I started my business was my, my self-esteem was extremely, extremely low. So that's what kept me like for a long time without selling anything or just like lurking what's happening because I didn't feel that I had the capacity to be able to be paid for anything that I knew. Um, and uh, I remember I had like a very serious conversation with my with my life partner. And one day he was like, well, you know, it seems that you are always into this same circle uh, cycle, bad cycle. So I would be excited to start projects, but I would never finish them. You know, I would start something. And then if I see something more appealing, then I would just switch and forget about that one. And just like, um, and then he was like, we've come at a point, we had come at a point where he was like, well, I don't know how to help you anymore. You know, maybe you should go and dig more uh, about like what's happening there. And uh, at that at that time, I hired a very great life coach. And I remember like sitting at her office and she asked me those questions to make me say at a certain point, I am nothing. So I said it. And then when I said that, it's as if like it was it was to my conscious mind. Right. So I clicked how like ridiculous that was and I started laughing like I laughed for like two minutes I was like this is so stupid this is what I thought like because when it came out to me it was like oh my god like this is the place where I was operating all that time so my subconscious mind was always telling me I'm nothing so why 
would I give effort to do anything or accomplish anything? Yeah. Because that bottom line, it would fail. Um, um, so, so I remember like that was really the beginning of uncovering like what was wrong and changing the, the belief and working on some stuff. I even went to hypnosis, uh, with that, with that life coach. And, uh, it was just, of course it's mindset is a, is a, is a process. Like it didn't change like within like three days Overnight. or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but let's say like after a few months and, you know, even like if I, if I think about like the year after like the, the jump and the, the, the evolution that I had was just, uh, amazing. But, but I feel that what really saved me is to have, like someone in my life that was honest enough to have that uncomfortable conversation with me. Um, and, and I truly value that, uh, in my life right now, like whoever is my friend, like I I'm not scared to have the difficult conversations. If I feel that it's going to help them out or same thing with clients, um, you, you need to have that transparency and even like through my marketing or stuff like there, there are things that I'm very open about and that I share. Cause I feel that, uh, that that's what makes me human human, you know, <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a superhero with only like qualities and I, I do stuff perfectly all the time. Uh, I feel that it's important to, to also share the times that, you know, where it's not going so well, or when you're dealing with challenges and just, uh, just to inspire people and also to show them that, uh, yeah, you're, you're accepting um, that you made mistakes and that you overcame them and this is what you did for them and whatsoever. So we never know who that might help. Uh, and also I feel that it's, uh, it's building a, a stronger bond uh, between me and my, and my audience or the people that are reading my stuff. Yeah, so I'm, I'm curious then when you started fixing the self-esteem problem in your, in your life, in your own mind, how how did that start impacting both the choices you were making in your business and then the results you started getting in your business? How what did that sort of what did that transition look like? How how uh, big of an impact did fixing self esteem have on your business? First of all, it had a uh, it had an impact on my on my posture. I'm so stand up it, straight with your shoulders. Back. Oh yeah, yeah, like confidence. Like you know, I would look at prior pictures or prior videos. It was. And I was like, oh my, oh my God, like, you know, you see, and you, and, and then I remembered like how I felt in that period. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I could totally see it when I, I was watching myself. So I would say just that changed like a ton. Um, and then the people I was attracting, like more of the right people, less of the people that, you know, always wanted to have more. And you said you talked about um, boundaries and self-care. Well, I was, since my self-worth was so low, of course, like people could do whatever they felt like. I had friends in that, in, in my life at that period that could call me in the middle of the night for something. And I would be, you know, I would be available, right. And just like rescue them or something. Um, so, so my boundaries were not like really, really great either. So what happened is that, yes, I started attracting like more people that fit with who I am and what I, who I wanted to work with in business. Um, that was one thing. And then also, um, it led, it led like to a different way of doing my marketing, you know, being more open about certain things. Cause before that, it's as if I was ashamed 
of of sharing like the the bad stuff or the stuff that wasn't working instead of owning it and making it like part of my journey and who I became. Uh, so in my marketing, it's it changed that too. I was I was way more comfortable sharing the flaws uh, than than I was before that. Um, yeah, yeah, I would yeah. say that these are the main changes that happen. I know one of the things I, I was reading um, some studies on self confidence and. There was, um, I, I can't remember where I uh, read this from, but they were talking about um, New York and muggings, which is, I know it's a really interesting, interesting uh, like place to go with this, but the people who like your, your um, likelihood of getting mugged is significantly lower, like orders of magnitude, if you're standing up straight and, and, and looking out into the world, right? Versus hunched over looking at the ground, right? When you have, because you mentioned the posture thing and like the posture has like a legitimate impact on how the world sees you. And if you take that to the extremes, like in the world of crime and mugging and that kind of stuff, like it makes you look weak. It makes you look like prey, like someone that you could easily be picked off, Mm -hmm. so to speak. And right, so that's, that's an extreme example. But when you get into the world of business, you know, people, you know, you're the people who call you friends and stuff like that are willing to take advantage of you because you are coming across weak, right? You're coming across as, as the, uh, you know, the, the young or the sick or the injured calf at the end of the herd kind of thing, right? Instead of the strong, confident appearance, you're no longer someone who is weak. You're mm-hmm. someone who's strong and that comes, that comes across and it attracts a different type of people, right? It attracts other people who are strong and confident and want to move forward and um, allows you to build better relationships. So it's it's an interesting thing how much learning how to work on your own mind and your own confidence impacts the types of people that you're around, the types of people that you attract, and the way that your business grows and like who it grows with. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I couldn't agree more with what you just said. Really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's definitely it's a fascinating fascinating exercise, and I know like it's one of those things that you don't just you don't just like fix it, right? It's not like you go out and be like, okay, I fixed my self-confidence and move on. It's like a lifelong sort of journey (laughs) to always be working on how do I, how do I have the confidence I need to have today? And it's a choice every, every morning to wake up and, you know, like I said, to stand up straight and put your shoulders back, right? It's Mm -hmm. a choice you have to make Mm -hmm. um, and to do that consistently. Um, It gets easier as you get, you know, as you do it more and you exercise that muscle, but it's something that you have to do all the time. Oh yeah, absolutely. That I, that I agree. And I feel that it's, it's part of, uh, you know, like we all, we have that mission of making this world a better place and influencing other people's lives and all that stuff. Well, it requires you to become also a better version of yourself year after year. Like we don't want to go backwards. Um, we, we always want to be better. And, and some people they're okay with staying the same, but it's just that it's not, it's not for us superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> so so the next thing I want to talk about is your common enemy, right? And you know, every superhero has an arch nemesis, right? And it's a thing that they constantly have to fight against in their world. Right. And in the world of business, it t- t- takes a lot of forms, but generally, um, I want to put it in the context of your clients, right? The people that hire you to help them grow their business, right? And it's a mindset or it's a flaw that you're constantly having to fight against um, so that you can help them get the results that they want. Right. And it's like every time you hire someone, if you had a magic wand or every time someone hired you, if you had a magic wand, and you just bop them on the head and not have to deal with that. 
what is that common enemy that you're constantly having to fight against every time you have a new client that you're you're working with? Uh, their perfectionism. Um, the thing is, like, all of a sudden it becomes urgent for them, but then you know, like, for 10, 15 years they had they had it in mind and they didn't take action over it because they feel that they don't know enough or they should be more. Like, um, and I, and it's always something that I say to my clients, um, right here, right now, you have all that it takes to get paid to help someone like today. Yeah. Um, it's not because you get into business and you feel that, um, business to you is, is, is new, but your skills, your experience, your talent, your expertise, it's not new, uh, your experience at that. And you, you have the capacity to help people with it. So, uh, so this is where, you know, this is where I have, I have to work more with my clients. Um, but then, that's also why I, I love to work in, in the mastermind capacity because they relate um, because they all, they all experience that at a certain point. And then they realize that uh, it's, it's just preventing their growth. Um, it's funny because sometimes like I, I see my clients do stuff and I'm kind of like amazed by, by the growth that they might have, be, they, they had, because for example, like one of my clients, like she just started, she, she, she started working with me and then she signed her new client, but for a package at $5,000 as a beginner coach. And to me, it makes me very proud because there are a lot of people that start their coaching business and feel because they are starting it that they can't charge like over a thousand dollars or, you know, they charge like $200 a session or a hundred dollars a session or something um, because they don't feel confident into, you know, being skilled or whatsoever. Um, so, so I would say that, yes, like to, to answer your question, the fact that people, they feel that they're not enough and they need to have more and do more for them to have that worth and be able to charge that. This is what I have to work on. And I, I work on it like right from the get go, um, because, because it's important that when you state your price or, uh, or what you want to ask for your packages, well, you feel confident about it. Because if you yeah. don't, then, I mean, you just lost the sale. You might even <laughs> not even have the sales call if you don't believe in your price, right? Um, so we, all, we also have to work with what feels confident for the person. And then, of course, eventually, like with results and confidence, like they can increase their, their package. But, but like, I feel that this is the place where, you know, a lot of people have where to Where people struggle. On. So it's, yeah. it's, learning, it's learning from the get-go how to value their skill set. Yes. Right? So they that that's where they struggle is like they come into this world I want to get this but they don't they don't see the value that they're bringing to the world. Yes. Exactly. So how how do you help them see their value? Oh, uh, well it's just like I would say it has to do with like the the mindset work that we do um cuz the majority of them are in the group setting. So I, I work one-on-one -on -one with my clients, but all the, all my clients that are one-on-one -on -one are also in my mastermind group. I feel it's important to be in a group setting, like to be surrounded by community because it's a, it's a way for you to collapse that time into getting your results. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so 
the whole the whole process or the whole evolution it happens most of the time in the group setting when people are sharing um i love to ask like questions that are you know thought provoking and just see like what they think about certain stuff and then when they share about it and they see that other people relate to it or how they experiment it then it's easier when they're conscious about it to make that switch and say well you know you could back it up with for example um that result that you got with a client or something that you accomplished earlier in your life um so so it just shows that what you believed is not necessarily like um you had reasons to believe it probably the way you were brought up or the influence that you had or your former environment but uh but it's also like i know that this is something that i use for myself um if like if there's a period of time where i feel i don't feel uh as good or if i have self doubt well to me what i do is i go back to all my social proof like all yeah. client testimonials like all the wins i had in my life like all my high achiever accomplishments and then i'm like oh, okay i just backed it up with data it's not something i made up it's something i received it's something that uh that i did and accomplished so therefore it's easier to move on that way um so yeah so i feel like like this is mostly how i do it you know like again through conversations yeah, yeah. so through it's bringing it's it helping up. people helping people get over that imposter syndrome yes and then helping people see the roi value so i like i i see two sides to that generally so any anytime someone's struggling with their value um one of them is the internal struggle that they're having where they're looking at like hey I don't actually value myself um and that's where we get the imposter syndrome where they're like and imposter syndrome um can go one of two ways one it's actually real and you actually are an imposter because you don't you can't actually get someone results in the area that you have and if you have that problem the solution is to actually like develop your skill set and become someone who isn't an imposter right that which which I actually find is is more rare right because they're in the space where they want to help someone they have skills they and they have things and they just need to learn how to value them so the that, that's where the imposter syndrome comes in and they have to do what you were talking about right they have to look back at hey where are those wins where are the results how have i helped people even if it's in their business you know in their you know, their employee career beforehand like you got to where you were in your career because you had wins because you have this skill set that you've stacked together over the years so they have to look at that and and actually see that you know all those things that come easy and come natural to them have valued other people So like that's the one side is like learning how to fix themselves and then the other side is learning how to see the value for someone else mm-hmm. right um and so that's like looking at how do you value that and I have um the little method I walk through people with people is something that I call the uh um the 310 rule where you start looking at um like how you price your services and how you price your coaching or how you price whatever you're doing is looking at the ROI that you're your customer is going to get from you right mm-hmm. and we look at ROI in terms of like you know sometimes if you're in like the marketing space for instance ROI is really easy right you spend $100 on ads we'll get you $300 in sales so 3x ROI super easy but that you know not everything is like that right depending on the space you're in it could be you know maybe you're teaching about relationships or maybe you're teaching about travel or maybe you're teaching about other things where the ROI or you know building systems in your business where the ROI is time savings or the ROI is happiness or joy right and you have to look at um you have to teach people how to see non-monetary value right mm-hmm. so how you know how are you increasing their happiness how are you increasing their joy how are you increasing their 
their, uh, um, you know, or how are you, you know, shrinking the amount of time it takes to get a specific result, right? Because time actually is money Mm -hmm. um, for people, right? And so teaching people how to see non-monetary value and then be able to translate into like, you know, what does it actually look like for pricing your services, right? So, you know, I want, I want my services to be one of those things. Um, and I want my client services to be like, Hey, if I, uh, um, if I ask you, um, you know, if I ask you, Hey, the price is a hundred bucks and you can't easily think to yourself, I'm going to see $300 worth of value in return, either in time or money or whatever, then, you know, that's, that's where you want to be. You want to have that like three X value automatically built in. And then I want them to see a potential that like, maybe it could be 10 times that, right? So in the back of their head, they're like, hey, I could get a lot of value from this if I really pushed it. Um, and that's sort of like my 310 rule. It really helps both my clients and then, you know, to price their stuff. Um, and then also when they have their buyers coming to look at it in their head, they can see that that ROI and that value coming through because, you know, they've thought through sort of what the uh, what those value propositions are. And I know it's, mm-hmm. it's like a really difficult thing to teach, um, but you know, that's sort of like the magic is, is, is teaching people how to see value on both sides, both in what your skill set is, and then what the ROI is for the people who are buying from you. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy, like the amount of change that happens that occurs at that period, you know, when that person has that mindset shift, then Mm -hmm. um, it's, they attract like the right people uh, easier. Um, It's less effort for them. And they're, they're like, they're getting results like, way better than, you know, when they were stuck into that other mindset of, oh, uh, am I worth it? Or is my services that valuable or something like that? Yeah, yeah. I, I always, uh, like one of the biggest things that people sell, they don't realize they're selling, is they're selling, a, um, they're either selling money at a discount or time at a discount. Um, and so, you know, the, the, those are like your two biggest things that most people in the coaching space and the consulting spaces they're selling is they're either selling time or they're selling money. Mm-hmm. right? And, or they're selling both. Um, and so if they're selling time, it's like, Hey, you want to get X, Y, Z result. You can learn to get this result yourself, which is going to take you, you know, take you 10, 15, 20 years, right? It took me 20 years to get this skill in my whole career. And I got to this point where I've gotten this good at it. Um, or I can teach you to do it and I can teach you to do it in six weeks, right? So you're selling yeah. time at a discount, yeah. um, or you're selling, you know, if you're doing actual, like, you know, things, sometimes you're selling money to discount, but like, Hey, if you're doing this, you know, we can make you whatever the money or the monetary value is. And it's really difficult for people who haven't been in this space before to learn how to, to see that, see value that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So anyways, that's a, it's really fascinating. And, you know, hopefully that's, it's something that, uh, that, that I think everyone in the coaching and consulting space deals with is that common enemy of like learning how to value yourself, learning how to value your services. So hopefully our little discussion here has helped some of our audience yeah. because I'm sure they're all running into the same problem. Um, <laughs> but you know, the flip side of that, right? So if your common enemy is a thing that you're fighting against, right? And you're co- fighting against that, you know, being able to see your value, the flip side is your driving force, right? It's the thing that you fight for. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so, you know, just like Spider-Man fights to save New York or Batman fights to save Gotham or Google fights to index and categorize all the world's information. What is it that you fight for in your business, your your mission, so to speak? Oh, wow. Um, so like. I I fight for like the. What I. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll start with what I don't like to see in the coaching industry is that. um 
some people are giving bad names to the coaching industry because um, they're not delivering on their promises or because they use like shame marketing or, you know, calling, yeah. calling out people marketing. And, and I feel that it doesn't give a, a, a great name to the coaching business. So, so I feel, one, I feel like those are the uh, gurus, oh, yeah. kind of, that guru marketing. So, so those, like, I would say that what I, what I'm fighting against is really like the coaching business bad name. Like I'm really dedicated into, you know, helping my clients get results, um, give it like helping them become better versions of themselves and also making sure that they are doing that with our clients also. Um, and that we like when more and more of us work like that, then of course, like that little segment of people, then they might become that segment might become like a lower amount of people segment. And then we'll just like, you know, um, our voice will be so much bigger that people won't be able to get into that trap anymore. Um, Cause there are still, there are still coaches out there that are not like very genuine and that are not giving what people expect them to get. So yeah. yeah. So so you're you're fighting to change the coaching business and make it a a, a value a place where people can know they're going to get value. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So and it, it's that's that's a that's a big goal because I think what is it the the education space this next year is supposed to cross like 12 or 12 or 13 billion dollars, right? It's huge and it's only getting bigger. Um so you have you have a lot of people that um and not everyone is you know, like you said, they're not all good people. Um, so being able to have a, a positive impact there and show people how to do it the right way, um, I think that's a, a that's a, a lofty goal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I want to talk um, about some practical things, right? We talk about on this show your hero's tool belt, right? And just like um, you know, every superhero has a tool belt with awesome gadgets like batarangs and web slingers and laser eyes and sometimes big magical hammers. I'm gonna talk about top one or two tools that you um, couldn't do without in your business. Could be anything from the notepad you use to write down all your thoughts to your calendar that you put all your appointments into your marketing tools to maybe something you use to actually, you know, deliver on your coaching sessions or whatever. Something that you think is essential to getting your job done today. Top one or two tools that come to mind for you. Mm, I would say the scheduling app for sure. Um, because like when, when I, when someone books an appointment with me, like they have to go through a questionnaire just to make sure that, uh, you know, like that person fits with the, with the type of people I want to work with. And also because I want to make sure that that person is serious about taking action. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, that saves time, uh, compared to, you know, just going back and forth about, Oh, when are you available and all that stuff? I mean, sometimes it takes five minutes and sometimes it might take like three days because you send an email back and then, you know, the person is like, is not in front of their computer or didn't see the email and it takes forever to schedule an appointment. So I would say that. Um, and then uh, the second thing, I would say that it's uh, it's my journal. I mean, my, my numerous journals. Um, I don't know how many I filled in up to now, but uh, whenever I have an idea, uh, of course, like I want to write it down. Uh, if I'm on my own coaching calls with my clients, or if I am with my coach or with my mastermind group, the one that I lead or the one that I'm in, same thing. I mean, cause, cause these are the places where sometimes, you know, something clicks and you're like, Oh my God. And then you have that idea. And if you don't write it down right away, 
and might just be lost. Um, so, so yeah, I love to have journals. I have many of them. And then sometimes I go back and revisit them and read them again and be like, Oh, Oh, oh my God, I have forgotten about that. Let me bring that back into, um, into my marketing or into what I want to teach my clients and, and stuff like that. So yeah, my, yeah, the, the your scheduling app your and journals. Then, yeah. Journals, so, yeah. So quick question on the journal. Because I've always been trying, I've, I've still been, been trying to figure out the uh, the best way to have a journal. Have you found like a perfect size of journal that you like, you actually are willing to keep with you all the time so you have it? Um, and I'm just out of curiosity, because I've tried everything from like little journals to like big ones to like, you know, the, you know, eight and a half by 11 ones. I've realized I can't carry the big ones and the little ones are too small. I'm sort of like, I've sort of landed on, um, I don't know if I have it sitting around here, um, like a mid-sized journal that's like like this size. Uh-huh. I'm just curious what, you know, from a practical standpoint, what have you found has been like the best journal type for, the, for actually like, using on a regular basis? I like the mid-size one. And let's say if I'm not, if I'm not home and, uh, and I have some idea that pops in my head, I just record it. And then so you like, you like use it on your phone, like on, a, yes. on a note, the note, yeah. the audio notes thing. Yeah, exactly. And then I, or I have a, I have an app that's called the uh, just press record. So I do, and then it transcribes it. Um, so therefore, oh, nice. like I have, I have it. And then if I want to put it in my journal, then I put it. But if I want to have it, like, let's say if I want to put it in a Google doc, then it's easy. It's easy done. Um, yeah. I would say if I'm not home, I'm not going to bring Like if I just go and run errands and come back, like I won't have my journal with me and I have this It'll idea. Just be like your phone. I'll record it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. So, um, my, and then the other side of that is your calendar and what I, what, um, and your scheduling app. And what, what I wanted to point out to you, just cause I, I find this fascinating is that, you know, we're on like 160 or so episodes of this show. And I ask this question all the time, um, on every episode and probably a full 80% of the people I ask their response to this question is some f- version of their calendar. Right. Um, and it's amazing to me how many entrepreneurs, um, at this point I say that my phrase is, you know, we live and die by our calendars. Right. Um, and everything has to be on there. And like my wife even knows she's like, hey, if she wants me to make sure that like I'm available for something, she'll go into my calendar and block time out. off Exactly. Of it. Um, because that's the way we live our lives. And so um, having something that, you know, manages our appointments for us or has everything on our calendar. I just I, I have found it fascinating that as an entrepreneur, every one of us seems to have to we have to be in control of our time and since you're in the space of helping people who are in careers where their calendar is controlled by someone else and becoming entrepreneurs, how much teaching do you have to do or helping people figure out how to manage their calendars and manage their time? Is that something that you help people with? Um, or, you know, how has that ever sort of come up in, in how you help people? Um, I would say it's funny because, uh, lately, like one of my, one of my clients, um, she she has not been working like she has a a few weeks off from work and uh and she was telling me that she felt bad because she was not doing anything like that one day that she didn't feel so well she didn't do anything um in her business to go forward and then she felt bad about it um and then I told her that uh, this was a feel because she's always on the go, like she's always doing something at work, right? And she always have like those deadlines and those clients to satisfy and all that stuff. And and I told her I was like, well, this is this is actually the mentality of trading time for money. Like you feel that because you've rested or you spent the day 
um, having a day like very relaxed compared to most of your days because you didn't feel so well, then now you feel guilty about it. But the thing is like when you're in business, you're not into the trading time for money anymore. You're more like trading, you know, your value, what you bring to the marketplace to what you, what you earn as a business owner. So it's not true that you'll have to work 16 hour days to get like to that same income that you got like from your job. So it's just a matter of you like starting to be comfortable with the fact that you won't have to work all day to get these results. A few key things that you have to accomplish to be able to, you know, gain your momentum and have your, your, your coaching clients. Um, Sometimes it's a minimum amount of things. Like you don't need to be in front of your computer 16 hours a day or seven exactly yeah. exactly um so so yeah and she she admitted that uh it was it was just uh that's that was true right because what she charges a clients compare like what she paid i mean she's paid she has one client and she over you know she gets over uh what she's paid per month at her job right so uh so definitely uh it, it put things in another perspective for her and then, of course, like it's it's growth, it's change. It's normal that it doesn't feel comfortable, but at a same at the same time, if you never stretch or train that muscle, as you said earlier, then I mean, it, it won't be you won't be able to grow from it. Um, so so yeah, I would say uh, it's mostly like you know when something like that comes up, I I, I know about it. Like they tell me about it, and then at, at that point uh, for the specific situation, I can offer support. Yeah, it's interesting because it's like, like that's like a whole can of worms learning how to manage your time as an entrepreneur. Because if you come from the employee world, you're like, I have to work eight hours a day, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 instead of working on like, hey, what are the important things that need to get done? But then at, at the same time, you have the other side of that where it's like, as an employee, you are told this is what you need to work on during these eight hours. As an entrepreneur, no one's telling you that. So you have to you have to book your own time, right? You have mm-hmm. to be like, Hey, I need to get this done. And I need to put it on my calendar and get it done by this time. So you have to set your own deadlines and set your own things. So you have to learn how to both manage your calendar from the standpoint of like, I, I need to only do those things that are actually important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not just looking to fill up yeah. my time, right? Yeah. I don't need to just work eight hours to work eight hours. I need to work on the things that are going to bring value, the things that are going to move the needle for my business. Um, and then I also need to remember that I have to actually like, I have to put things on the calendar. I have to do things. And then to your point on the, uh, you know, taking a rest and some of those, those things, uh, our, our employee mindset is work hard, get rewarded with vacation time. Right. Um, and so we, t- we bring that mentality over into the entrepreneur world where it doesn't actually apply. Right. Cause, um, we talk, I talk about giving yourself permission to play, right. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, we think that for, as that, that we have to do hard work in order to earn rest and recreation and the reality is is you have to have rest and recreation in order to do good work Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. so you have to you have to be able to be willing to give yourself that time to you know take the dog for a walk or play with your kids or you know do the things that you want to do with your life the reason you got into business in the first place so that when you do have those times blocked out to work on the important things that you're rested and you're clear and you're capable of of really getting that stuff done to a high level Mm mm-hmm yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, time management is, is just a, a fascinating subject, I think. Um, and I know 
all of us in this world, we have to learn to deal with it. And like I said, it's it's fascinating to me that almost every single person we bring on talks about <laughs> their calendar in some way because it's it's a big part of being an entrepreneur. <laughs> it is, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of heroic tools, I want to take a few minutes to tell you about a tool we built that powers the Hero Show and is now this show's primary sponsor. Hey there, fellow podcaster. Having a weekly audio and video show on all the major online networks that builds your brand, creates fame, and drives sales for your business doesn't have to be hard. I know it feels that way because you've tried managing your show internally and realize how resource intensive it can be. You felt the pain of pouring eight to 10 hours of work into just getting one hour of content published and promoted all over the place. You see the drain on your resources, but you do it anyways because you know how powerful it is. Heck, you've probably even tried some of those automated solutions and ended up with stuff that makes your brand look cheesy and cheap. That's not helping grow your business. Don't give up though. The struggle ends now. Introducing Push Button Podcasts, a done-for-you service that will help you get your show out every single week without you lifting a finger after you've pushed that stop record button. We handle everything else, uploading, editing, transcribing, writing, research, graphics, publication, and promotion, all done by real humans who know, understand, and care about your brand almost as much as you do. Empowered by our own proprietary technology, our team will let you get back to doing what you love while we handle the rest. Check us out at pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero for 10% off the lifetime of your service with us and see the power of having an audio and video podcast growing and driving micro celebrity status and business in your niche without you having to lift more than a finger to push that stop record button. Again, that's pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero. See you there. You're listening to The Hero Show, unlocking the power of influence and success. So I want to talk then a little bit about your own personal heroes, right? So every every hero has their mentors, just like, you know, Frodo had Gandalf, Luke had Obi-Wan Kenobi, Robert Kiyosaki had his rich dad. I mean, even Spider-Man had his uncle Ben. So who were some of your heroes? Were they real life mentors, speakers or authors, you know, maybe peers who were a couple of years ahead of you? Um, and how important have they been to what you've accomplished so far in growing your business? Um, I would say that uh, the first one that really struck me with this message uh, was Jim Rohn. And even even like from today, I've listened to so many of his, you know, audios and videos on, on YouTube and just like all those concepts that he that he talks about like they could they could definitely I know that some some videos I watch from the 80s or audios heard from the 80s and it's still applicable for 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 today because it's about like personal development and how to become a better version of yourself and you know thinking about how environment is important what your situation is uh, compared to who you're surrounded with and and all that stuff so I would say that one of my one of my favorites is definitely like it's definitely uh, Jim Rohn, um, and I'm a huge fan of the the Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Again, because if you've if you've read that book and you see how simple those uh, agreements are, but it's not like they're simple, but there's they're not easy to implement all the time. So um, I love to reread that that book once in a while because it's a constant reminder that uh you know your word your words and and how you speak has to be impeccable um, not even like not only towards yourself but towards uh, your clients or the world or whatsoever. Um, and, and all those things like not taking things personally and all that stuff. I feel that, um, 
that all these little things um, they are they are important to take care of. So so you know daily you are not you are not triggered by like the smallest thing because you have bigger things to take care of care of. You know we want to make this world a better place, so we can't just we can't just uh, pay attention to all these little details that are not worth our energy. So yeah, yeah, it makes yeah. a lot of sense. So how 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 much have those those people impacted your business have they did they sort of change the course of what you were doing at all or was it um just something that's like helped you along the way how like how much of an impact have some of those mentors had on on what you do um i would say it's mostly like with the people i meet and how i i react like because i used to be someone who was very reactive to stuff instead of like you know focusing on what i can control so I think that, you know, either the book or, or Jim Rohn, like listening to, uh, to his audios were like, it was definitely um, revealing to me about like how to react to stuff, how to concentrate on what I can control and, and my reaction to things to make sure that uh, my energy is spent at the right place and that it doesn't interfere with, you know, what I want to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So I want to talk a little bit about your guiding principles, right? And okay. so it's one of the things that makes heroes heroic is that they live by a code. So, you know, for instance, Batman never kills his enemies. He only ever puts them in Arkham Asylum. Um, so as a wrap on the interview, I want to talk about the top one or two principles that you use regularly in your life, right? Maybe um, something you wish you'd known when you first started on your own journey. Hmm. Okay. So, um, my, my, I would say, okay, so I can give you two. One of them is the importance of teamwork. Um, and that I wish it's funny because I've always been part of teams, but for some reason, when I started my business, I thought that, you know, I could manage everything on my own, um, thinking that I was invincible whatsoever. But I quickly yeah. realized that, you know, having a coach, having people that are experts in some areas that I didn't, um, wasn't strong at, was the key to actually make something grow eventually. Um, so I would say that the power of the team. And then also the fact that uh, to me, like everything that happens in life, it, it was meant to be and there's something to take out of it. So even if we don't get the lesson right away, it, even if it sounds or seems negative when it hits, um, it's because it's here to teach to teach us a lesson. So to me, like anything that happens in life, it has like, and you have to dig deeper sometimes to find like what's the lesson that needs to be learned from it and what positive you could take out of a negative situation. Yeah. Yeah. So like every, every outcome is either it's a win, it's a lesson or it's a story. And yeah. all three of those are good things. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Oh man. So that's basically a wrap on our interview, but I do finish every interview with a simple challenge that I call the hero challenge. Um, and I do this as a selfish little thing at the end of all our interviews as a way to find people I may not ever find on my own to bring onto the show. Um, for good stories. And the question is simple. Do you have someone in your life or in your network that you think has a cool entrepreneurial story? Who are they? First names are fine. And why do you think they should come share their story with us on the Hero Show? Wow. I know a lot of people that have great stories. First, first person, just like what one person off the top of your head that's like, oh man, their story is really cool. 
Okay, so I would say uh, my great friend Anna Tsui, um, and it's because like the, just like her journey as an entrepreneur, but also like what she's doing now with the people that she's helping, finding their true essence and making sure that you know they 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 go to their full potential in all aspects of their lives. Um, I really appreciate her work and I feel that, yeah, she would have a great story to, to share on this podcast for sure. Awesome. So we'll, we'll reach out afterwards to see if we can get her contact details. Maybe she'll say yes and come on the show and people can hear her story. Um, so, you know, in comic books, there's always the crowd of people at the end who are, you know, clapping and cheering for their acts of heroism. So our analogous for that on our show here is to find out where people can find you, right? If they're interested in reaching out and hiring you or listening to you or, you know, getting on your podcast, where can they go to light up the bat signal, so to speak, and say, hey, Fabian, where can we, uh, you know, I would, I need your help. Okay. Um, and I think more importantly than where they can go is who are the right types of people to reach out. Yeah, exactly. So the people that I work with, they're, they're, as I said earlier, they're high achievers and they are professionals who already know what their zone of genius is. So I'm not working with people who are looking to find what their passion is or what their skill set is. Like they, they know the people I work with, they know, they just don't know what to do next or how to get started in order to monetize that. And they want to eventually like replace their income and leave their job. So if you're that type of person and you're ready to take action, then the place to, to reach out to me is at fabiennerafael.com forward slash coaching. And that will lead you to book a call with me. But um, if you just want to be uh, more with the content that I have, you can just go at fabiennerafael.com or connect with me on Facebook, which is the platform where I'm mostly active. Awesome. And we'll make sure that, that link gets into the show notes. So if you're listening to this, we'll have the fabiennerafael.com link in the show notes for you. So you can click there and go and find that. Um, find Fabienne. And, uh, you know, if you are listening to this and you're in that space where you're a high achiever and you want to get into changing your life a little bit and get into the coaching and consulting world, definitely take the time to reach out to Fabienne. Obviously, you've heard her passion and what she's looking to accomplish here on this interview. And again, Fabienne, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story. We really appreciate it. Do you have any uh, final words of wisdom for our audience before I hit this uh, stop, stop record button? Yeah, um, I love a quote by Maya Angelou and it goes like, people will forget what you say, they will forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. Um, so as, as a coach, this is one of my like uh, core <laughs> quote that I always think about. And, and if this is your mission, you feel that you can make that change for the people that you help and that you serve, then, uh, then we can connect for sure. Awesome. Again, thank you so much for coming on today, Fabian. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. <laughs>